Hello, Damien Venuto here. With the election campaign well and truly heating up, it's difficult to stay up to date with all the developments and policy announcements coming thick and fast from our politicians. So the New Zealand Herald is proud to present On The Campaign, a new daily podcast wrapping the day's events from the campaign trail with expert analysis from the Herald team. You can join hosts Georgina Campbell and Hamish Fletcher every evening in the feeds for the front page and on the tiles wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, I'll hand over to Hamish now. Kia ora. It's September 11th and this is On The Campaign, a daily podcast wrapping all the big stories from the election 2023 campaign trail. I'm Hamish Fletcher and I'll be your host for this episode. While many of us were glued to the TV screens this weekend mourning the All Blacks and the Warriors, our politicians were out and about, hoping they will have better success at next month's election. National had the big announcements over the weekend, starting on Saturday with the party vowing to provide better social housing and end the use of hotels in Rotorua for emergency housing. The party will create a Priority 1 category for families who have been waiting for more than 12 weeks, tighten eligibility criteria for emergency motels, establish a social impact bond to partner with providers to shift families out of emergency housing in the short term, and will also direct Kyanga Ora to evict anti-social tenants. On Sunday, National turned to health with their big pledge to reintroduce targets for the sector, focused on shorter wait times for cancer treatment, specialist assessment and surgery, shorter stays in emergency departments and improved immunisations for toddlers. However, few national policies seem to be getting cut through, with leader Christopher Luxon still getting grilled on the details on his economic policy. Talking to Jack Tame on TVNZ's Q&A yesterday, Luxon was vague on the specifics of how the policy could be achieved. How will, how will you sell $20 billion worth well, let's of property? Be, let's, let's, let's take a step forward, uh, back. I mean, what we're saying is, yeah, in government, we've got to do Sorry. things. Sorry, we've only no, got but, limited time. No, but I want Expl- you to, no, no, explain to, to me how exactly will you sell $20 billion worth of property over four years? Uh, what I'm saying to you is we're going to deliver New Zealanders tax relief. We're going to deliver lower middle income. I'm sorry, tax relief. how will you sell I just 20- agree with your numbers. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not debating your numbers. Uh, $20 billion? No, I, I'm saying to you very clearly that we're going to make sure we deliver working New Zealanders income tax relief. This comes as analysis from the Council of Trade Unions suggests National's plan to cut $594 million in public service spending, or 6.5% of the budget, can only come from $1.9 billion worth of back office work. National's finance spokesperson Nicola Willis defended these cuts on breakfast this morning. Bear in mind here, the costs in these across these organisations have gone up from about 56 billion to around 9.1 billion in just six years. So that's a 60% increase and we're saying let's bring that back 6.5%. Now if you talk to any small business owner across the country, you talk to any household about what they've been doing to cope with the cost of living crisis, they'll tell you they've had to tweak a few things. We think government departments should face that same constraint. There were more woes for National this weekend from their likely coalition partner ACT. After weeks of national rejecting or ruling out ACT Party policies, leader David Seymour has come out and said that if national does not want to share power fully post-election, then instead of the usual confidence and supply agreement formed post-election, ACT will go confidence only with national. As Seymour said, I think we'd be able to be clear that, you know, while we have confidence of the House, if they want to pass budgets, they're going to have to rely on another party. 
he reiterated that spending appears to be the major point of difference between the two parties. That would mean quite a significant break from the norms of Parliament and add to the concerns Luxon and National are already facing of what a potential national act and New Zealand First Partnership could look like. Labour's Grant Robertson put out a statement slamming Seymour's comments, saying such a move around budgets would be incredibly unstable and put New Zealand on course for American-style shutdowns. Luxon, however, has dismissed Seymour's comments, though without going as far as calling them a bluff. I just don't think that's going to be a reality at all. David Seymour and I have a good personal relationship. We're going to have a very constructive relationship in government. We, we have good alignment on uh, how to get this, you know, we want to get this economy moving. We want to see better outcomes in law and order. We want to see better outcomes in education. The means by which we may do that might differ, but we will be very constructive, positive. As for that other potential coalition partner, New Zealand First, a potential partner Luxon has still refused to rule in or rule out, their leader, Winston Peters, has made headlines once again for some eyebrow-raising comments. Speaking to New Zealand First supporters in Nelson yesterday, Peters was reported by Stuff as having said that Māori are not indigenous to New Zealand. He was quoted as saying, We come from Hawaiki. Where's our Hawaiki? We think it's in the Cook Islands. We think it's in Rarotonga. But we're not from here. And you go back 5,000 years, we came with our DNA from China, not like 55,000 years in Australia. Those comments were dismissed by Luxon, who said Māori absolutely are Indigenous. As for Labour, it was a quieter weekend, with Chris Hipkins spending Saturday in his home electorate to watch the All Blacks before heading to Christchurch on Sunday. But the party did announce a nine-point pledge card. More on that later. Meanwhile, the Greens stuck to their version of bread and butter on Sunday, announcing their wish to create an ocean commission within the first 100 days of the next term, and pass a Healthy Ocean Act within the next term to set a legally binding target to protect 30% of this country's oceans by 2030. Te Pāti Māori, after being relatively quiet on the campaign trail so far, announced two major policies over the weekend. Their justice policy would see the establishment of a separate Māori justice system based on tikanga and self-governance principles, a Māori justice authority and an overall plan to abolish prisons entirely by 2040. They've also announced their health policy, which includes a funding boost for the Māori Health Authority, lowering the cancer screening edge for Māori by 10 years, a Māori health card to access health services, and a $500 million mental health service Māori can access for free. An Act announced their own housing policy, which has to scrap Labour's revised Resource Management Act and allow builders to opt out of council building consents and to set up building insurance as an alternative. In a statement, Seymour said council inspections are no silver bullet to ensure catastrophes like the leaky building crisis don't happen again. We'll just take a quick ad break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to On The Campaign. With so much to catch up on from the weekend, I spoke with New Zealand Herald Deputy Political Editor Thomas Coughlin for his rundown on the weekend's news. Thomas, which of the two major leaders performed better over the weekend? Um, I think over the weekend, actually, it was Chris Hipkins who definitely performed better. Um, interestingly, I think in the first week of the campaign, the actual weekdays, uh, Chris Luxon uh, definitely outperformed Chris Hipkins. Hipkins was pretty tired and flat, and and Chris Luxon, I think his campaign booked some really good events for him. He was out awarding medals at a rugby match and, and um, jet boating, 
and and on this weird scooter uh, bicycle blender machine it was a much better campaign that first week i think that flipped over the weekend actually and chris hipkins kind of found his mojo a wee bit i've seen a few commentators say he found his mojo he seemed to be enjoying himself a wee bit more and chris luxon christopher luxon um had a, a, a bit of a train wreck interview on um q a uh, so the, the Q&A does a couple of these interviews with the leaders every year. They're quite long-form interviews, um, and, and they're quite rare. And, and Chris Tavillaxon really failed to perform in that, and Jack Tame kind of wiped the floor with him. It was pretty uh, difficult watching, I think. Um, so so on that basis alone, I'd say that um, that Chris Hipkins definitely ends the week on a high. What in particular about Luxon on Q&A did you think he failed to fire on? And the, the, are there any areas this week where he needs to pull his socks up on and improve um, his performance? The main, the main issue with these lingering issues around Nationals tax plan, there are two two major problems that people have identified with it. One is that it's potentially the foreign buyer's tax. Um, so this is taxing 15% of the sale price of a, a home over $2 million sold to a foreign resident buyer. Uh, National has not... Is uh, National's um, analysis of the legality of that uh, and whether it we can implement it without violating our tax and trade agreements. Uh, it seems like they didn't do their homework on that before announcing the policy. It looks like the, the homework on the trade side of things uh, was done. The homework on the tax with the tax treaty analysis um, that appears to have been done after the policy was released. Uh, and and so we, there are some big questions about about the workability of it. Um, Robin Oliver, a very senior um, a tech specialist in New Zealand, former Deputy Commissioner on IOT, does think it's possible. But some other commentators, some quite big commentators have come out saying it was not possible. And even John Key, the former Prime Minister, when he was Prime Minister, looked at something similar and basically declined to go down that path because he didn't think it was possible. The other big, big issue that was identified in that interview is the modelling around it. Now, to make the money that National wants to make from those uh, sales, $700 million a year, they need to sell about $20 billion worth of property to those buyers uh, within the four-year forecast period. And quite a few people are saying that sounds fanciful, um, that you would be able to find that amount of property to sell to that number of buyers and make that much money from it. So two quite big issues there. Uh, and if Luxon isn't able to comprehensively answer them, then that works out to be quite a big hole in their tax plan. Labour was hit with poor polling last week. Is that getting to Hipkins and his team, or are they taking it in their stride? I, I think the, the poor polling is definitely getting to Labour. I think it's useful to step back and just think about the fact that Labour had this historic majority last um, given, given to it the last election, and it's quite incredible to see a party that is in government polling in the 20s in some polls. You know, it's, it's just, it is remarkable that Labour on some polls is in the, is in the 20s. And, and, and that sort of psychological barrier that you're not just in the, in the competitive 30s checking it out with National, that you're in the 20s on some polls. I think that will be really, really hurting them. And interestingly, one little thing is that um, in the Taxpayers Union Curia poll, if you look at the decimals, then Chris Luxon, Christopher Luxon, is the head of Chris Hipkins and preferred prime minister, which is the first time that's happened in any poll um, whilst Labour's been in office. There's a massive change that you've got a, an opposition leader outpolling the prime minister in that poll. I wouldn't get too excited about it if it was national, if I were national, because it is, you know, in the decimal point territory. But because because the, the gap between the prime minister and the leader of the opposition is usually many, many points, the fact that they are so close and then even marginally ahead is, is quite significant. Chris Hipkins at the end of last week and some of those stand-ups was getting a wee bit testy about the polling. Um, he's saying, you know, we haven't really started campaigning yet. We haven't really, you know, been announcing policies because we've been governing. He's, he was getting a wee bit, you know, 
um, snarky and just a bit, a bit grumpy, I think, in some of those stand-ups. Uh, we were asking about the jobs tax, the, the social unemployment scheme, and he got angry that it, we were using the, the national um, jargon for that for that policy. Um, weird little snaps like that. Um, so that was definitely the case last week. I think he seems to have, like, over the weekend, uh, watched the rugby and, and calmed down a wee bit, I think, and just sort of reposition himself because he does seem to have got himself to, into a better headspace over the weekend and, and into this week. The policies that have been announced over the last few days, what have been the big winners and losers here? We've had quite a big um, a big policy weekend. So um, National unveiled some health targets they want to um, that they want to implement if they win the election. Five big ones. Labor says that actually quite a few of them are already in process uh, under Labor, um, but National wants to um, wants to reduce wait times, reduce emergency room um, the time you spend in the emergency room, wants to boost immunisation targets at um, clinics, that sort of thing. Um, so they want to you know bring back those health targets that National did have under the last government. Labor, um, the Health Minister Aisha Viral says that actually a lot of that is already happening. Labor released a pledge card. So um, there's a bit of a everyone's stealing everyone everyone's idea here. Helen Clark obviously famously had this pledge card when she was um, leader of the opposition and Prime Minister. National then then uh, then rolled one out a couple of weeks ago. National's pledge card. Now Labor has rolled out its own pledge card with one more pledge than National had in its pledge card. So we've got some back and forth on that. The pledge card is basically everything Labor's promised, um, just in card format. Uh, and the Greens came out with an oceans and fisheries policy. They want to have 30% of the ocean uh, protected in some way, um, uh, and they want to have an oceans. They want to have that oceans and fisheries minister portfolio if they're in the next government. They want to. They want to occupy that one. Out of all those policies, what do you think will have the most cut through with voters? Uh, probably, I, th- I feel like health targets is probably one that's, that cuts through. I mean, obviously, we've we've had this health crisis, the COVID uh, crisis this term. Health's been on everyone's mind. The health system really took a hit because of that. And and uh, you know, I mean, some of the reporting that we've done in the Herald obviously has been focused on some of the real failings of the health system. I think there's a widespread frustration that the health system is just not delivering for people. And um, the, the the merger of the DHBs into Fatawara, we haven't really seen the benefits of that yet. So Luxon coming out and saying, "Hey, look, you know, I'm going to make sure that the Health system starts pulling itself together and delivering for people. I think that will be um, that will be that will be quite appealing. Um, oceans and fisheries. I think this is good retail politics from the Greens too. What's not to like? Tomorrow, the big story for all politicians is the release of Prefu or the Pre-Election Economic and Fiscal Update, where Treasury will reveal the state of the government's books. New Zealand Herald Wellington business editor Janae Tibshirani will join Georgina tomorrow to discuss what it all means for the election. This has been On The Campaign. You can follow this podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. For more election 2023 coverage, head to nzherald.co.nz. I'm Hamish Fletcher, and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Listener.